Welcome to Great Stories in American History with Rebecca Price Janney. Today, we remember the September 11, 2001 attacks. That Tuesday morning dazzled like a brilliant jewel in late summer, the skies clear and blue over New York City and Washington, D.C., Workers bustling to their jobs and children on school buses went about their routines, completely unaware that a storm more devastating than a Category 5 hurricane or a ruinous tornado loomed in the cobalt-blue heavens. At 8.46 a.m., American Airlines Flight 11 out of Boston veered off its path to Los Angeles and headed towards Manhattan, where five hijackers connected to the terrorist group Al-Qaeda crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. It exploded into a fireball, killing 76 passengers and 11 crew members, as it also began burning away the structural supports of one of the world's largest skyscrapers. Firefighters, paramedics, Police and other rescue personnel rushed to the site, while bystanders watched in horror as flames consumed the top part of the building, causing some who were trapped inside to jump. President Bush learned of the incident just before addressing a group of students in Sarasota, Florida. He and his advisors initially thought the crash might be a tragic accident. No one could have imagined the terror about to be unleashed on the nation. Seventeen minutes after Flight 11 rammed into the North Tower, New Yorkers, along with countless Americans watching on television, witnessed United Airlines 175 slam into the South Tower, setting it on fire and killing 65 people on the plane. White House Chief of Staff Andrew Card approached President Bush and whispered the news. The Commander-in-Chief's face went wintry. It was clear this was a coordinated attack by enemies of America, and no one except the Islamic militants knew what might happen next. A little over a half hour later, at 9.37, a packed Washington to Los Angeles flight abruptly changed direction and ran into the Pentagon, killing 189 people on board and 125 on the ground. Chaos ensued in both New York and Washington as events spun out of control. Office workers and eyewitnesses scrambled to assist the trapped and injured, as well as to flee for their own safety, while professional rescuers hurried against time to rescue as many as possible. At 9.59, the South Tower of the World Trade Center fell in a storm of dust and fragments, taking many lives with it. Minutes later, at 10.03, United Airlines Flight 93 crashed into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. The 40 passengers and crew had discovered from friends and loved ones on their cell phones what was happening in New York and Washington, and when four hijackers seized control of their aircraft, many on the plane decided to do their best to thwart their evil intentions— to destroy either the Capitol building or the White House. They decided not to allow this to happen, to the best of their ability. 
Passenger Tom Burnett told his wife, "Don't worry, we're going to do something." Another passenger, Todd Beamer, ended up speaking to an operator while trying to contact his wife Lisa. At one point, he reported that the pilots were down, and one of the hijackers had a bomb strapped to himself. Sarah Bradshaw, a flight attendant, told her husband that she was getting ready to attack the hijackers with boiling hot water. At 9:55, the operator connected to Todd Beamer's cell phone heard him call out a charge. "Are you guys ready? Okay, let's roll." The plane smashed into the peaceful Pennsylvania countryside eight minutes later, tragically killing everyone, but sparing more devastation to the nation's capital. The North Tower of the World Trade Center buckled at 10:28. A total of 2,998 people and 19 hijackers died, with another 6,291 injured on that terrible day. In addition to the destruction of part of the Pentagon and the complete obliteration of the twin towers, many other buildings were either destroyed or badly damaged in the attacks. On Friday, the fourteenth, a service of prayer and remembrance took place at the National Cathedral in Washington. President Bush addressed the nation, often speaking in terms of the faith that incalculable numbers of Americans had held dear from the beginning of U.S. history. He said, "This world he created is of moral design. Grief and tragedy and hatred are only for a time. Goodness, remembrance, and love have no end. And the Lord of Life holds all who die and all who mourn." It is said that adversity introduces us to ourselves. This is true of a nation as well. In this trial, we have been reminded, and the world has seen, that our fellow Americans are generous and kind, resourceful and brave. On this national day of prayer and remembrance, we ask Almighty God to watch over our nation and grant us patience and resolve in all that is to come. We pray that He will comfort and console those who now walk in sorrow. We thank Him for each life we now must mourn, and the promise of a life to come. As we've been assured, neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth can separate us from God's love. May He bless the souls of the departed. May he comfort our own, and may he always guide our country. God bless America. This is Rebecca Price Janney for Great Events in American History.